Hey everyone, and welcome to Unison Christian Church, the podcast. We exist to change our community with the life-changing truth of Jesus, elevate a culture of love and holistic growth, and serve as a family built on hope. Our desire is that today's message helps you discover fresh new ways of connecting with God. Now, here is today's message. Name of the, the sermon is Holy Crab Apples. It'll make sense in a minute. Trust me. It'll make sense in a minute. Uh, we'll be in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23, and then James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Those are pretty familiar passages. Like, if you've been around church for a minute, like, this will not feel abnormal or strange to you when you hear these words. Um, but that's where we'll be um, and so if you like to flip to Scripture, flip there. If you like to scroll to it, get there too. Uh, I'm going to read Galatians chapter 5, verses 23 to 23, and then we'll jump in. Paul, before this, gives off this list of works of the flesh, right? And so flesh not meaning skin, but our sin nature. Things that show up as a result of us living minus the power of the Holy Spirit, right? And then he goes into this list that shows up as a result of us living based upon the Spirit of God. He said, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, Patience, I got patience underlined, we'll talk about it. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. This is the New Living Translation. That's what I normally preach from. Um, I normally preach from it because it has language that we're used to hearing. That's honestly the only reason. Um, people ask, they've like sent me text messages or a Facebook message, like, what's the best Bible translation? The one that you can understand. <laughs> Honestly, I just want people to read the Bible. Um, there are some that are better to study, but the one you read and understand is the best translation, right? So the New Living Translation, that says patience. But this next slide, there's a couple of different ways that that word patience shows up. Uh, NLT, patience. The new international version, NIV, is forbearance. And the King James version, some of y'all grew up with the King James version. <laughs> it says long-suffering. Somebody say long-suffering. <laughs> right? Long-suffering. And honestly, if you start to study that word, patience, that is actually what Paul was getting at, is actually long-suffering. I love being able to flip through different versions. If you don't have different versions of Scripture, I told you the best one is the one that you understand. Well, as you begin to study Scripture, a good practice is to have multiple versions, especially when you want to see what are some of the differences in translation. Like we do a Bible study, Rachel and I, we've been doing a Bible study almost like a year now. Um, and everyone's welcome. It's Thursday here at 630. Um, but she reads one version, I read another version, and we see what are the differences. And then we begin to kind of look through that together. That word long-suffering is where, is that's what we're talking about today. I think when we think of patience, 
something else shows up in our head. Even though we know that patience can mean long-suffering, we oftentimes think that the Holy Spirit want to work in me the ability to sit in and align and wait well. And that's not what it is. It's not being able to not cuss people out in traffic. Trust me. I want y'all to have that, right? I don't want y'all giving people the finger while you're on 131. (laughs) But I do want you to also know that that's not what the Holy Spirit is. That's not the only thing the Holy Spirit is trying to actually work out in us. It really is this idea of long-suffering. Some stories in Scripture, Sarah uh, you can find Sarah's story in Genesis chapter 12, verse, uh, excuse me, Genesis chapter 12 through 25. Sarah was a beautiful picture of long-suffering. She had to wait for the promise, and that was one thing. But it's more than just waiting for the promise of God. It's waiting for this baby to come while generation after generation you see babies keep coming around you. That's long-suffering. She had to joyfully welcome new babies into their tribe year after year after year, 25 years to be exact. When you read Genesis, I love the fact that you all are in Genesis right now. Sarah, Sarai is her first name. Sarah is the name that God gives her. From the time where God tells Abraham and Sarah to leave their home and he's going to give them a new land and give them a a child, 25 years passes. So conceivably, someone who was born the year they left could have had a baby before she did. That's long-suffering. That's something that is a little deeper than just waiting. Another story in Genesis that is long-suffering is Joseph, right? Some of you are like immediately like, yeah, I know Joseph. That's my guy. Joseph, I was in a musical uh, when I was in high school, Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, (laughs) right? If you've ever seen that, like one of the opening scenes is like all these colors. It was red and yellow and green and brown and orca and peach and olive and fawn and lilac and gold and ozer and lemon and like (laughs) it's all these. Yeah, that's Joseph. Yeah, it wasn't nearly as pretty as the musical. Joseph was given dreams of the way in which God would use him in the earth. He interpreted that as the way in which God would use him in his family. That wasn't exactly what God was showing him. But 13 years after the dreams is when that came to fruition. But it wasn't just waiting 13 years. It was being thrown into a pit by his siblings, being sold into slavery by his siblings, being a slave and then put in jail for over 13 years. See, some of us, we think when we read this this list of the fruit of the Spirit that God wants me to be able to wait well, and I do believe that's a part of it, but when we are actually walking with the Lord, it's something deeper that he wants to work out in us. It's the ability to not just wait well, but wait while other people are getting what it looks like you should get. 
and still be content and glorify God in the process. And that's not easy. That's the fruit part. That's the fruit part. And I think one of the, my favorite parts about the story of how well Joseph lived out long-suffering is not just that there were bad things happening. It seemed like, like year after year he was getting further and further away from the promise. Some of us have lived that before. We feel like we have something that God has promised us, or we feel like something is on the horizon, and we feel like year after year, not only am I having to wait on it, but it's getting further and further and further to the point where my hope is actually gone that it will happen. The Holy Spirit wants to work out a fruit in me of long-suffering that's more than just me waiting well but says that I maintain hope even though people around me are having babies and I can't. That maintains hope even though people are being elevated when I'm being put in jail. Throughout Scripture, Paul gives a couple of different lists. There's this gifts of the Spirit in Corinthians, and we're not talking about that today. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and I love pointing this out. Fruit is not gifted. It's cultivated. Those of us who have been raised after a time where our families would have farms, that means all of us. (laughs) We don't often catch these agriculture-like metaphors because Oh, fruit, yeah, like in the, in the produce aisle at Family Fair, right? I go in, it's like when you come in, there's strawberries right there, blueberries, right? Fruit, no. Fruit is something that requires work. Fruit, and it's not just edible fruit, right? When we say fruit, it is the result of something. It's the shortened version of fruition, Fruit is cultivated, not gifted. So some of us believe that if I hang out with Jesus long enough, (laughs) that I will have the ability to live out long-suffering. Nah, that's not how it works. That will be a gift. If I hang out and I'm around the church long enough, I, too, will be like Sarah and Joseph. No, that will be a gift. Fruit. Is something that we're involved with and something that we surrender to. One of my favorite things about the fruit of the Spirit is, uh, I've told this story here before, but for those of you who are new, uh, we lived, excuse me, uh, when I graduated from high school, my family lived in a house in Kentwood. And um, there were these two big trees um, in the front, like right as you drive into our house, and they were ugly trees. <laughs> like not, some of you, like some of you have really pristine yards. This was not that. This, these trees were just like overgrown and they were ugly and you didn't know what to do with them. And so one day my mom, she like got some, some shears to prune it and she started pruning it and it was like, okay, now it has some order to it. It looks beautiful. And the next year there were apples on it. This whole time, these two ugly trees were apple trees wasting their energy on leaves and, and, and limbs that didn't need to be there. And that's one thing about bearing fruit 
even in our souls, things have to be cut off of us. But many of us want to hold on to them that no fruit can actually grow, right? So even this, as we talk about fruit being cultivated, it's not just hanging out with Jesus and keeping all my stuff keeping everything that I feel good about. There's some things that have to be cut off of me for me to actually be able to bear fruit spiritually. Fruit's not gifted. It's cultivated. So I want you to see these crab apples. I have always said about myself that patience slash long-suffering is the crab apple or fruit of my spirit. Um, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm yet growing in patience. <laughs> Listen, yet growing. I've been, I've, look, I, can, I always say like, I, I'm more patient than I was last year. I, uh, I should probably be a little more patient, but I'm more than I was last year, praise God. And I've kind of said that kind of jokingly because no one wants to eat crab apples. But I actually did a little bit of research on crab apples for this sermon. And I was actually very surprised, and it honestly blessed my soul. Uh, there's this um, website called Gardens Illustrated, and they talk about crab apples. Um, for those of you who don't know what crab apples are, crab apple is a, it's an apple tree. It's in the same species of apple trees as your Honeycrisp and your Pink Ladies, right? Um, but they're small fruit that, for the most part, are inedible by themselves. Some people do make, like, jam and stuff out of them. But if you've ever pulled a crab apple off of a tree and tried to eat it, you spit it out immediately because it's trash. Like, it's not, like, you don't want that in your life. Trust me. It's incredibly bitter. There's no real crunch to it. It's just nasty. Well, this is what, uh, among a number of different things about crab apples, this is what Gardens Illustrated said. When choosing cultivars, which means a diverse, some diff, different kinds of apple trees um, or different kinds of trees to put in your garden, when choosing cultivars of eating and cooking apples, you need to plant two, sometimes three, different ones that flower at the same time to ensure cross-pollination and a good crop, right? We're not all farmers, so I'm, I'm explaining a little bit as you go along. You need some cross-pollination. You don't need all of the same kind of apples in one garden because you need cross-pollination for those fruit to, to, to develop and be happy, or not happy, be healthy and be good for eating, right? That's a part of how fruit is cultivated, right? Crab apples, however, are self-fertile. Indeed, they have a longer flowering season than culinary apples and produce up to 10 times as much pollen as culinary apple varieties. This means if you have at least one crab apple tree, neither you nor your neighbors need to worry about pollination of your culinary apples. The crab apple will do the job as well as providing clouds of spring blossom and long-lasting autumn and winter fruits. So when I read that, I was like, ooh, wait a minute, that has, like, Paul's not talking about fruit. But when, I th when we really think about it and we're all honest with ourselves, long-suffering is not a fruit that we really want. Right, really think about it. Who wants to wait 25 years after you got a promise about having a baby? Who wants to wait that long? 
Who wants to wait 13 years after you've been promised that you're going to be in charge but then be put in jail? Do, who wants to wait on God for real and not just the patience but seemingly moving further and further away? But there's something about long-suffering that God wants us to have. It's the crab apple of the fruit of the Spirit. Long-suffering is developed as we endure life-change challenges with contentment, right? So the beauty of long-suffering is this is the fruit that allows me to, it, it cross-pollinates with all the other fruits of the Spirit. So some of us aren't seeing much love develop because we're not actually developing well in long-suffering, right? Long-suffering is the thing that gives me the ability to love my neighbor when they're hating me. Some of us only have figured out how to love people who love us well. Perhaps it's because we're not allowing crab apples in our garden. And there's no cross-pollination. Long-suffering is the thing that allows joy to be in my life, even when my life is spiraling in chaos. Some of us don't have joy through pandemics because we don't know how to suffer long. I got one day on suffering, Jesus, and then you're going to have to work it out. <laughs> Some of us haven't figured out yet how to have peace when there's confusion and crazy going on. And perhaps it's just because we've never worked out that fruit of long suffering. Have you ever had a relationship with somebody who has gone through challenges in life? And it seemed like it's like one after another, and you look at them, it's like, I don't even know how you do this. They, done got, they got a lot of crab apples in their garden. So when life gets challenging, something inside of them says, yeah, we done already gone through that. We know what that feels like. I can still have peace. I can still have joy. I can still love well. Because I know what it feels like to wait on God to deliver me. But beyond just waiting on God for, to, to deliver me, I know what it feels like when it feels like he's not going to deliver and he does anyway. That's long-suffering. I don't want that fruit, just being real. I'm going to, look, if you're new here, I'm an honest person. I don't want that fruit. <laughs> It's the crab apple in this garden, and I'm not taking any fruit off of that tree. But let us be also spiritually mature enough to know that even though I don't want to eat that fruit, it's good for the whole garden. It's good for the whole garden. And if I want to have love, and if I want to have joy, and if I want to have peace, all these sweet, yummy, honey crisp apples, then I have to have something bitter in the garden that has enough power to pollinate 10 times over the sweet ones. So we need a new framework. I know I do. So when I say we, I'm kind of saying me. I need a new framework. You might need one too. Because if you were like me and not wanting to have to actually suffer long, wanting God to deliver in a week, 
wanting God to do what he said he was going to do in a month, wanting the peace to finally drop after a year, wanting that breakthrough to come through after five years, you need a new framework. That's where James comes in. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. (laughs) Great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Listen, if I were you, I would highlight that. Because that's a directive to me. So let it grow. Let it grow. I'm repeating that on purpose. Because many of us are used to running away from challenges. Oh, no, that doesn't feel good. I got to back up. I got to back up. No, that doesn't feel good. No. James says that I should count it as an opportunity of great joy. When challenges come my way, because it's an opportunity for endurance to grow in me, so let it grow. Not because I like crab apples, but because I like the sweet apples that come after it. Not because I enjoy trouble, but because I like what comes as a result of me pushing through. James says, so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete. Needing nothing. That endurance and that long-suffering, that's that same concept. I'm a human being, and I don't like discomfort. I'm not, I'm not so holy and so saved that I like when things feel bad. I ain't got there yet. <laughs> I might. I might get there. Like, you know, when I'm retired sitting in a rocking chair, you know, I look back, I enjoyed all my suffering. I ain't there yet, though. <laughs> okay? When it shows up, I pitch a full, uh, full temper tantrum emotionally. Okay? I have my moment of frustration, but I do want us to be spiritually mature enough not to like it, but to see God's goodness in it. Look for God's goodness in it. How is it that this crab apple will be a blessing to me, not today, but five years from now? How is it that this tree that has fruit that I don't want to eat will cross-pollinate with my love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, and self-control and also be a blessing to the world? And if you need further convincing, this is for all of us, your breakthrough is on the other side of long-suffering. It's not on the side of you feeling good. I can say that with full confidence. Breakthrough doesn't happen in your comfort. It doesn't happen in your and your feel-goods, and you being able to wake up fully rested and go through your day with no challenge and have your evenings end with peace out on your porch watching the stars. Nope. Breakthrough looks like you not being able to sleep well at night, and you have to get up and pray. That's not comfortable. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And some of us, we get up, 
and we get Excedrin PM. Oh, I've done it too with NyQuil, so. (laughs) And we medicate ourselves out of the opportunity to actually experience breakthrough. Family. I'm telling you, because of personal experience, but also because this is what the word tells us, that the breakthrough that you are expecting and hoping for isn't going to come while you feel good. It's going to come through us getting up to that tension, getting up to that discomfort, and choosing to walk with God right through it. That's what long-suffering is. That's the fruit of the Spirit that the Lord wants to work out in us, not just that we can wait in the checkout line well. I want y'all to wait in the checkout line well, but I want you to walk through your challenges well too because that is what will give you the ability to love your children well. That's what will give you the ability to receive a spouse well. That's what will give you the ability to love your neighbor the way that Christ loves us. And the very breakthroughs that we are seeking the Lord for, that we are asking God for, that we are half fasting for. You know y'all half fast too. (laughs) I know I'm not the only one. (laughs) Where it's like, I'm going, like the whole day, Lord, I'm not going to eat. Then at dinner time, Lord, I pray that you receive this half day fast. Because I wasn't willing to actually go through dinner because everybody got McDonald's around me. Yeah, I did it. I've grown. I've done it before, though. If you haven't done it, just keep living. No, <laughs> that's what my, my great grandmother did. Just keep living. <laughs> just as a note, fasting is a great introductory to long suffering. So if we're not willing to go a whole day, a couple days, three days without eating, and we definitely are not going to do well when real challenges actually come to us and we're still supposed to press through it. Fasting is exercise for long-suffering. And our breakthrough is on the other side of long-suffering. So some things that we should reflect on today. What might I be missing because I don't want crab apples in my garden? That's a question for all of us. You, might not, you don't have the answer to that right away, but this is where that Holy Spirit-led imagination can pop in. What might I be missing because I don't want crab apples in my yard? You haven't quite figured out how to be meek and still strong at the same time? You might want to get some crab apples. You haven't figured out yet how to lovingly go to your neighbor when they're playing their music too loud and it's late and your kids are trying to sleep? You might want to have some crab apples in your yard. The last thing is really a note. I said at the beginning that it's good for us to be together. And that's not just physically. It's good for us as believers to do life together. 
And I know that over the last year and a half, we figured out how to do life even more alone than we were doing it before. But don't endure alone. That is not how our walk with Christ is supposed to be. It's a trick to believe that you have to endure alone. I'm going through, so let me pull away from the community because they don't need to see me crying. That is a trick of the enemy. That is a trick to get us alone and mess with our souls. We are the body. The, okay, the ring finger doesn't go away just because it got stubbed in the door. Like, okay, we're just going to, like, you go sit over there on the desk until you're healed. Like, no. As a matter of fact, we bring the finger in closer. You know what happens with your body when you hurt something? You bring it in closer to the rest of the body, not pull it away. Right? Bring yourself in closer to community when you're going through something. That's what will give you the strength that you need when you feel like giving up. That's the thing. And, and I love the fact that we're a part of a, a family that also processes brain science as it relates to our souls. But Lisa uh, shared something with Christine the other day, and Christine shared it with me. It's like this little train of, <laughs> like this telephone of brain science and our souls. But when we're going through hard things and we go through it together, we don't often or as, as often process it as trauma. It actually connects us together. But when we go through hard stuff alone, our brain begins, it files that as, that's a traumatizing experience. And the fact that you went through it and your brain called it trauma made it trauma. Even if you had five people with you going through it and it wouldn't have been. Don't endure alone. When you are going through something, be with people. Not, it doesn't have to be everybody, but have a circle that you can text real quick and say, yo, I'm dealing with something. This is what it is. Don't be vague. <laughs> Don't be vague. I'm dealing with this. Pray with me, and I need two of y'all to check on me tomorrow to make sure I'm good. Right? Some of us don't know how to ask that directly. I'm telling you, you have permission in the body of Christ to say it just like that. And if they don't check on you, don't be offended. Just text two other people because you need it. That's not, just a, that's not a luxury of the body. That is a need of the body. Don't endure alone. Don't endure alone, but endure. Count it joy when trials come our way. It is an opportunity for our long-suffering to grow, and so let it grow. Let it grow. So here's what I want to have happen. We're not going to move, but I, act, I know there's enough people in this room, statistically speaking, for somebody to be going through some stuff right now. In fact, there's enough room, there's, a, there's enough people in this room for a few of us. Some of us just started on the trek to that valley and we felt like we got to where as low as it goes. But then just a couple of days ago, you found out it went a little bit lower. 
and the week before that, you thought it was as low as it's going to go, and it actually went a little bit lower too. And now you have anxiety because you don't know how low this is going to go. You're not the only one who's ever been in that place. And it is Satan that would lie to you and tell you that you're the only one that's ever been there. But let me tell you as a brother who loves you, that that's a part of what it is to live and live well, is to actually go through things. Trust God into the very pit and allow him to walk with us up. And so I want you, though, if that's where you are, I want you to do something that you perhaps have never done before. And that is actually to surrender to the process of going through it. Like, you may know exactly what it is. And in this moment, before we leave this place, I want you to be able to say out loud, God, you are here with me through blank. Everything inside of me wants to run away. But I'm choosing to stay in the valley because I know you are here with me. And that's today. Tomorrow, you're going to have to do the same thing. I know some of you were hoping that saying it once would allow, then God would just lift you out. That's not how it works. Long suffering. Tomorrow, get up. God, it hasn't, you haven't delivered me yet from it. But I know that you are here with me. It's darker than it was yesterday. But I know you are here with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Give me grace to not run away from it today, that I would stay in this discomfort with you. That's Monday. Tuesday, you might have to wake up and do the same thing. But let me tell you, on the other side of that, on the other side of that, Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, all of those things really, you get this whole banquet of sweet fruits. Let's pray. Our Father, in this moment, you see what is challenging us. You see what we have been waiting on for years. You see what we have been trudging through for weeks and months you see what we are patiently and even some of us not so patiently enduring and God you also see what I ran away from last week what I was unwilling to press through God I don't know the solution but I trust that you are here with me. Give me your grace on this day and endurance for this day. God, may this be our prayer moment by moment as we're navigating challenging situations. And also, Lord, give us a unique conviction that when we are on a mountaintop, to look for our sisters and brothers in the valley. 
so that we can join them, even if it's just for moments. Prayer, fasting with them, encouraging them, God. May we not receive our breakthrough and then forget what it is to be in a valley. But give us grace to do endurance together for your glory, God. That the world is blessed by the spiritual fruit of being able to go through challenges with contentment. We love you. We thank you. We glorify you. It's in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and believe others could benefit from hearing about us, please remember to share and subscribe to Unison Christian Church wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also catch us live at unisongr.com or on Facebook. See you next week.